live from Cape Town. This is the Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and a good morning to all our listeners to 91.3 FM audio streaming at www.vocfm.co.za95.fm in the Borland. On such a beautiful morning, mashallah, Tuesday to the 6th of June 2017, corresponding with the 11th of Ramadan 1438. Um, this is your Relief Network program featuring African Muslims Agency this morning. Once again, that is the first hour and our second hour will be focused and feature the Muslim hands of Africa as well. So this is what we're doing during the month of Ramadan, speaking about those agencies doing such great work within our community and across the world as well, nationally and internationally. African Muslims Agency, so we had some feedback on Imran um, last week, Alhamdulillah, uh, you know, just getting a brief on the history of the African Muslims Agency, Alhamdulillah, this morning we have the administrator at the Cape Town office, uh, Farah Sibda, and also Sister Shama Talib, who is an overseas AMA uh, project, um, she does the project in Malawi, Alhamdulillah, to both our beautiful ladies. Ladies, assalamu alaikum and a warm welcome. Wonderful to have you with us in studio, alhamdulillah. Um, Farah, um, just a little, you know, as administrator at the Cape Town office, a brief history about yourself, perhaps, because, you know, if people hear Sibda, okay, this is not Cape Townian, so tell us a bit about yourself. Well, a bit about myself, actually, yes, I've moved to Cape Town in 2013, so I'm on my fifth year in Cape Town, alhamdulillah. A Cape Townian now. After uh, five yes, years, you feel yes, you're a Cape Townian? Yes, definitely. I love it here, alhamdulillah. Beautiful city. Mashallah. And um, yes, and I've joined the, I've recently joined the AMA team. Alhamdulillah, very happy to be with them. Yes. Alhamdulillah. What inspired you to join the AMA team? Well, absolutely. Well, firstly, of course, the, the amazing work that they do um, in South Africa as well as in Africa. I mean, we are based in 29 countries, alhamdulillah. And of, um, yes, of course, all the, the projects that we we instrumental in constructing, water wells, boreholes, homes for the destitute, Islamic centers, masajids. And um, of course, we've also built 160 schools, three universities in Africa. So alhamdulillah, this definitely was something that really inspired me to be part of the team. Alhamdulillah. Then coming to Sister... Um, tell us a bit about yourself as well and your connection because I see that you're the overseas AMA project and you do the ones in Malawi as well. Um, I'm very Cape Townian. I was born in Cape Town <laughs> and grew up here in Salt River. I schooled here as well. Um, I started my career in Cape Town as a business systems analyst. That's where I reached. And, but I always had longing to um, do some good work for Islam. Um, more than just the typical madrasa teacher and, you know, the typical kind of Islamic work that was happening, I just felt that there was so much more that can be done. And while I was in a good career, I always asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to open my way that I would be able to do such work, um, that it could be facilitated because it's very difficult to leave a good career that is giving you income 
to um, volunteer yourself for work. So Alhamdulillah, through marriage, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opened that way for me. And I moved to Malawi after marriage. And that is where the work started, Alhamdulillah. So it was you giving you 100%, moving out of Cape Town and giving all that to people in another country, SubhanAllah. The move was difficult, but then again, you mentioned that that was a great move for you. So tell us about leaving your family behind and moving away and then also meeting up with AMA. Uh, Alhamdulillah, everything, I think, subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he opens the way for you, you, uh, you don't think too much about your attachments of family, of home, of anything. Where you just look forward and you're just so grateful that Allah is giving you this opportunity. And you look forward to the growth that you're going um, to go through because um, you find when you are on the giving end, you're also very much more on the receiving end. <laughs> and I think I have benefited so much out of out of having been given this opportunity, which really it was an opportunity that Subhanahu wa Taala gave to be able to do something for others. Um, and get so much more in return, alhamdulillah. Did you find that being away from home and that detachment from family, but it was, you know, like it says that ultimately you need to, um, you know, to know yourself, you need to know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that love Allah and the Prophet was more than that for your, of your family because here you're in a space where um, because of what you've done, that void, or, you know, that, or should we say that um, separation wasn't that, that um, much of a problem because you had something else better to fill that. Very much so. Uh, Aisha subhanAllah yes that was exactly what the experience was and also um, you face so much more of other people's difficulties that you don't have time to cry about yourself um, you you realize that you have so much to be appreciative uh, to subhanahu wa ta'ala for and uh, it also you know I think people if they remember the those who have had the privilege of being on Hajj um, it's a very special experience and, and, and you experience so much growth through that because um, I think people know that when they go through Hajj they come to the true nature mm-hmm. you know your material coverings is not there you 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 go through many little challenges like sanitation challenges um, clothing food that you eat everything you don't have the comforts of home to cover you up so too um, was the experience in Malawi, living in Malawi and, and dealing with the people in Malawi. There are so many issues because of the poverty in Malawi. Um, you do face for yourself also sanitation issues. Um, you don't get all the nice foods that you have in Cape Town. You don't have the luxuries of, of uh, South Africa. Um, your standard of living is different. Um, so you really face your own human nature and 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 you question yourself and you appreciate what you have and what you had and uh, I think you also uh, develop so much more compassion towards people and 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 so much more understanding as to what life is really about um, you don't have all the material uh, things to to sidetrack you and to to distract you from who you are and what our purpose of life is, which is to, uh, to worship subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alhamdulillah. Um, just coming back to um, Sister Farah, you said that in 2013 you made that move to Cape Town. And was it a good move for you? Apart from joining African Muslims Agency, what is it other than that that you are doing? Um, you know, are you still pursuing a career? Tell us more about is this something that you're doing full-time or part-time? No, um, yes, African Muslims Agency actually moved, well, I moved to Cape Town to study Islamic studies. Alhamdulillah, and I completed that. And... 
Um, now, of course, being with Africa Muslims Agency, this is a dream come true. Like I'm living my dream, alhamdulillah. I've always been passionate about giving back to the community, helping out, helping those in need, and um, it's it's just really fulfilling, you know, fulfilling alhamdulillah, and also just yeah, just just being uh, helping the helping the communities that I that are less for or people that are less fortunate than we are, and um, and so yeah, alhamdulillah, being part of this team. You left family in pursuit of Dean knowledge, subhanallah, and then you left them behind and you stayed in Cape Town. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm very lucky though that my, my mom and sister actually moved to Cape Town as well. So yes, we do miss our, uh, the rest of our family in Johannesburg, but yes, it's good to have them here with me. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> Indeed, a warm welcome to our Relief Network this morning and focusing on African Muslims Agency with two beautiful young people with us this morning. That is for received administrator for the Cape Town office as well as the overseas MA projects um, in Malawi. Um, lady that is Sister Shyam Talib. Uh, Talib. So now you've, you know you have an idea, listener, of who you was speaking to you this morning, and so you can say, I know that lady, you know, and I've met her before because we've been at the same class, or here or there, or you know what? Now I know who that is. She grew up in Saltover. You know, we, we make this connection and we feel um, open to what it is that they will be speaking about this morning. So African Muslims Asians has been around for the past thirty years, Alhamdulillah. And I think here we're going to ask Sister Farah just to give us, you know, that brief history, how you got to know about it, and how it all came into establishment to celebrate that thirty years this time around. Okay, so like um, like you mentioned, the African Muslims Agency was established in 1987, and this year we're commemorating 30 years of empowering humanity, alhamdulillah. And like I mentioned, we're in 29 countries in Africa. And of course, I've mentioned the, the, the different projects that we, we, we have, and we of course have our seasonal campaigns as well, uh, such as I know you've mentioned, but it would be great if you can just repeat that for those who weren't tuned earlier, so now they would want to know. So. What are those? With, with, I, I, I didn't get that because I came in too late, but I tuned in too late. So just to mention those projects that you are currently busy with, inshallah. Yes, absolutely. So we have, um, you know, in, in Africa, in Malawi, Mozambique, and other countries as well, we have uh, where we construct water wells, boreholes, homes for the destitute, Islamic centers, masajid. We've also built 160 schools as well as three universities, alhamdulillah. And also some of the seasonal campaigns that we, we're busy with. Um, we just uh, recently had our winter campaign. We, of course, have our Udiya, Kurbani, and, and today we're here to speak about our Ramadan campaign. So, uh, just before we touch on the Ramadan campaign, you know, it's amazing when you mention, you know, setting up masajid and centers. And here we're looking at our masajid that is, you know, um, the main purpose is uh, for your daily salah. But in areas such as where you go, it's probably the center for everything. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, for example, we, with our, well, locally, la last week Monday, we had our um, Ramadan feeding at um, our Massive Tar at the Hazendal Masjid, uh, Masjid Al Khalil, Alhamdulillah, where we, we helped to, um, well, we fed the, the community of Hazendal. And, um, of course, so, so yes, definitely we have our, and then, of course, in Malawi, Mozambique, we have our feeding that we, at our masjid that we've constructed, where Erime has constructed in the villages out in Malawi in Mozambique and um, of course it's it's not just where the feeding takes place but of course there's different pro Islamic programs we have at the Masajid in Malawi Mozambique such as they have HIFS programs um, they have Kira competitions ladies and children's programs so alhamdulillah it's, it's there's so much that happens at the Masajid and of course with the Ramadan we have our Suhoor and Iftar feeding. You mentioned your seasonal campaign as well which is the winter warmth and we're listening to you know what the weather is predicting subhanallah so does that mean you're all up in our 
arms or waiting for what is happening. So that you can also be ready for, um, you know, if if need be, and and um, certificate and calls upon organisations that you'll be ready for that as well. Yes, absolutely. So we, of course, with winter, you know, here, um, we definitely working. On, we have our winter winter packs and winter blankets where donors can sponsor towards those, and um, of course wherever it's needed in whichever community so yes we are. and of course part of our Ramadan um, hamper we also have blankets and candles um, which is you know with along with all the food items as well so Alhamdulillah yeah. so your Ramadan hampers tell us about the content they are and if it's for a month if it's for a week and especially how people can you know chip in here to also make sure that you know they're part of that giving subhanallah okay so definitely we have our two um, r- local initiative so we have a Ramadan hamper for 750 rand which feeds an entire family for the month of Ramadan and some of the contents in there would be tin food, oats, mealy meal, sugar, oil, soup, nuts and then uh, rice and of course like I said blankets and candles and, uh, and a packet of dates as well and then we have our suhoor and iftar boxes which feeds a person a day for 60 rand and that's for suhoor and iftar and has uh, similar items in there as well. So I was just looking at those um, and, and you mentioned 754 uh, for a family yes. and one needs to take into cognizance you know um, if this is what we have for suhoor or iftar that might not be you know Culturally, we differ in many ways, alhamdulillah, but we are all Muslims. And importantly enough that, you know, we should provide what is staple for people and not uh, enforce what it is that we would be eating for others. So is that what you take into consideration as well when you make up these, uh, you know, grocery packs for them? Absolutely. We, we ensure that it's, it's, of course, good quality yes. and, and it, uh, food items that will, will last a long time, will last for the duration of a month at least, and, and food that is nourishing, you know, and whole that so that inshallah it can provide a good meal for these families Alhamdulillah your iftar pack and your suhoor pack is that um, an all-in-one uh, box or how does that no work? so it's so it's seven we have two separate so it's a 60 rand for suhoor and iftar box which um, 60 rand which feeds a person a day and then we have the 750 rand Ramadan winter hamper which uh, feeds an entire family for the month of Ramadan. So there's lots of, um, you know, um, work to be done as well, lots of research in fact. So you have your field workers as well. Tell us how important it is, you know, when, when the field workers come in to know what the feedback is and what they've experienced. Absolutely. Um, Field workers, in the sen- in the sense, of course, we yes, they know. You, you know, one of the things we also do in local part of our local drive, we we team up with twenty two partners up with twenty two organisations, and these organisations work on the ground in these impoverished communities, and they know exactly what the needs are, what the challenges are, and um, of course that's why we team up with them because they already have all of that information, and they come to us and we assist them, and they assist us, and we of course distribute our hampers um, and. Ramadan packs to them and they then take it out to the communities um, and if I may also add a few weeks ago we joined one of our partner organizations in uh, Manenberg and they were doing the we, we, we assisted them in the Ramadan distribution so they took uh, they they took through the Ramadan hampers and they distributed it to the communities in, in Manenberg and it was just absolutely heartwarming to see that the joy and the, the happiness that these people felt receiving these hampers and knowing that they have a meal to provide for their family every day of the month of Ramadan, subhanAllah. subhanallah. So we're looking at the networking which works out quite well both ways, isn't it? Absolutely, definitely. So we're always uh, too afraid of duplicating what it is that we are doing because there are so many organizations and I know that, you know, we speak 
today we focus on established organizations on radio, but we also know that there are those who would pop up and do things just for the month of Ramadan. So it's always difficult, you know, so to network and to be on the ground, it's important for great big organizations such as yourself. Yes, absolutely. It's essential, uh, like you said, to eliminate the duplication and also enhance the work that they do. They're already doing, and they're working with these people in communities every single day. So it's just it's really important to to work uh, together. And I, I firmly believe my colleague always reminds me teamwork is essential because together everyone achieves more. Subhanallah. With me in studio, lovely to have our ladies in studio representing African Muslims Agency, and that is Farah Zibda, the administrator at the Cape Town office, as well as Sister Shama Talib, who is the AMA Projects um, leader in Malawi as well. And I said we're going to introduce Sister Shama once again. So Sister Shama, assalamualaikum to you and a warm welcome once again. Lovely. It's lovely to have you with us, Alhamdulillah. So it's, it's back home in hometown in Salt River. But I'm sure you're missing, um, you know, because you've been established in Malawi for quite some time as well you know tell us you, you've mentioned earlier on the um, you know the things are quite different in Malawi as you know opposed to South Africa or, or Salt River we used to live with it is food with it is living conditions and all of those just for our listeners sake you know sketching a background of the years that you've spent in Malawi and how that enriched you and the work that you're currently doing as well okay um, I lived um, about 10 years a span of 10 years in Malawi and that is where all my children grew up as well. Um, all our life revolved around um, the work, alhamdulillah, of helping people and assisting uh, them in their needs. Um, so when your life has a cause and a purpose, um, it uh, trickles down to your whole family becomes involved and that is how my children grew up as well. Um, I am very, very grateful for the experience of, of and the opportunity to have lived in Malawi because I think it had also molded my kids to be different perhaps to their peers because they understood um, the differences of those who have and those who have not. And they developed compassion, they developed understanding, they developed appreciation. So it was a very, very enriching experience. And it is so for anybody who visits Malawi. I don't think anybody goes to Malawi, whether you go to live there or whether you be a visitor, that you don't come back a much richer person. Because while Malawi is a poor country, it, it offers you opportunity, um, uh, a lot of wealth in human experience. Um, you, you, the Malawians live to um, their nature. You know they don't have material um, cover-ups cover to to be pretensive. And so, um, when when they receive something, they are appreciative of it. Um, they're very simple people. Uh, so they teach you also that understanding. Also, when. Uh, you know, um, um, many Malawians, there's about 5 million Muslims living in Malawi out of a, about a 15 million uh, population. But so many people, they embrace Islam so comfortably. Because they are um, natural people, I think it's just so much easier. There's no complexity. Um, people love to become Muslim if they are given that opportunity. Um, and this is where work like the work of African Muslims Agency um, um, assists in, in, it's not only about feeding people who are hungry, it's not about helping the poor. It's also uh, 
you know, very simple methodology of spreading Islam because when people see the good work of Muslims, um, they yearn for it. They, quest they, they want to become Muslim. Um, so alhamdulillah, while mashallah, um, thanks to the donors, many people had um, benefited from all the good work and, and they were recipients to water wells, to masajid, to food, to so many things. But also, alhamdulillah, that same work has made so many people Muslim. Um, just naturally, without it being a particular campaign, I don't think African Muslims Agency has ever asked for funds for da'wah in particular. It has always been to help the needy and the poor. But through that, people also become Muslim. And um, I, I really wish if, if more donors would want to go to visit Malawi to see what impact their work and their little donations really have and how far it goes. Subhanallah, so if, you want, if you want to impact and you know do it um, one step at a time, subhanallah, um, here we're looking at what it is that you're doing and sometimes people, sometimes people might be thinking, you know what, uh, my 50 then would probably be, um, you know, like a drop in the ocean, subhanallah, but every drop counts, we know Absolutely. now how every drop counts, subhanallah. Yes. Just looking, you know, you've been living in Malawi for 10 consecutive years, but then you moved out as well, yes. and now you're back, you know, with your trips visiting Malawi. Is there any difference in the conditions of the people? And yeah, I want to touch on it, and especially, um, you know, what stood out for you, knowing that lots of people, they're embracing Islam, but also maybe, you know, spiritually, um, you know, their state, what is their state like spiritually as well? You know, I think um, whenever you want to look at others, I think look at yourself first. <laughs> How's our spiritual state when yes. we go through difficulties? Are we not higher in spiritual state? Well, the people who live difficulties on a daily basis, I expect that they are in a more a higher spiritual state and perhaps they have more tranquility. You know, whenever we go into villages, uh, when my husband accompanies me, he will always tell me, Shiham, look at the faces of the people. <laughs> they are always smiling and they are happy and they are relaxed. They are not stressed, they're not depressed. And he says, look at them, they are happier than us. You know, they are happier because they are simpler. They know to appreciate what they have. They don't worry about all the frills that we worry about and make fuss about. So um, I think they are in a more peaceful state while Allah is testing them with hardship. But subhanAllah, also they have um, Allah is giving them a lot of peace and peaceful living. Alhamdulillah. Is there a story that stood out for you, you know, since your um, affiliation, not just living in Malawi, but also your affiliation with AMA as well? There are so, there are so many, many stories. stories. So <laughs> every day is a story. Every day is a story. Every day is a spiritual trip for you when you live in, in such a country and get exposed to so much. Perhaps I may say that doctors may go through something similar when they see the difficulties of, of human life and and the trauma that human beings go through. So I think living in Malawi is really an experience for you on a daily basis. Um, what's maybe the medical conditions like now that you've mentioned doctors? What's yes. medical condition like for, for the people of Malawi? Oh, it's, you know, with poverty comes everything. There's huge shortage of hospitals and clinics and uh, medicines and so many things. Uh, people don't have access to, to medicines. Um, they live in villages. Most of Malawi is rural. 
Um, so people don't have transport, they have to walk kilometers and kilometers to find any kind of doctor or medical care. And they don't have money, so they depend on government uh, institutes, which are very far and few. And uh, I mean, the, the best they would get probably is paracetamol in spite of walking all those kilometers with all the illnesses. So it's, it's a very putrid situation. Um, there are donors who have, of course, started some clinics, uh, donor clinics. Muslims are, mashallah, doing very well in okay. that also. Mm. But the need is so great. The need is just so great. So when we speak about, you know, Muslim hands on the ground in Malawi, it's not just feeding the Muslims, as you've mentioned earlier. This is, you know, um, you, you, uh, no sponsorship was asked for dawah, but in essence, this is dawah in the making as well. Absolutely. And also, you know, um, the Muslims are the least educated in Malawi and perhaps the poorest in Malawi. But they have maintained the status of respect because of the beautiful way of living as Muslims. Um, you know, in history, uh, there was a lot of uh, missionary work in Malawi and people were forced, if they wanted an education, to change their religion. Um, now the Muslims, many of them resisted this. They chose rather to remain uneducated but to maintain their Islam. And um, Allah subhanahu wa protected their dignity through that. Um, so unfortunately they are poor and they are uneducated, many of them. But, uh, but is the Quran alive within them, subhanAllah? Very much so. They, they are proud to be Muslim. You know, bef um, you asked about changes in Malawi. Yes. Malawi hasn't seen much changes. Poverty is just continuous. But I can tell you one definite change I've seen in Malawi. Before, people did not have access to hijab. While they longed for it, you know, yeah, you have to beg your daughters to wear the, the, the hijab and to put a scarf on their head. They were longing for it. And then when Muslims came and they started to distribute some hijab, they are wearing it beautifully and proudly. So if I can see any change over the 10 years that I've been there, mashallah, every Muslim person has a scarf that she's wearing proudly. And it's, it's just a very beautiful atmosphere. Be because of the number of Malawians um, that are Muslim, you see so much more of hijab than you may see yeah, in I other know. places of South Africa. So it, it is very beautiful. We were chatting to Farah Sibdo's administrator at the Cape Town office as well as um, Sister Shyam Talib, who is the MA project leader for Malawi as well and um, also overseas. But still chatting to Sister um, um, Shyam here this morning with the focus on, you know, your recent trip and the preparation for the Ramadan feeding at the Masajid in Malawi. And I think then we'll leave it at that with you, inshallah. Was it great excitement going back and also, you know, knowing that you're going to meet up with people that you know and the conditions that you were quite a favorite yes it was very very exciting and uh, it it was um, there's just so much to be done we went actually with two uh, purposes the one was to visit some of the projects that um, African Muslims Agency had implemented especially the water wells and the boreholes and masajid as well and uh, the other was the preparation for the Ramadan program um, and both, mashallah, it, 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 we, our time was short, but we just achieved so much. And um, 
Um, perhaps you want to hear a bit more about how the, the program is conducted in... Please do, that is what we're waiting for. Right, <laughs> okay. Now, uh, Sister Farah mentioned about mass iftar. If yes. people want to perhaps identify with uh, what happens in Malawi um, during the Ramadan month, then maybe those who have attended mass iftar may have some idea of what what goes. Um, the Malawian people, um, they live in villages. You know, they don't have... Uh, comfortable homes as we do have homes so they live in cluster homes in villages and um, while we live in families they 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 live in communities Certainly. and uh, when African Muslims Agency do the um, Ramadan iftar program we um, we organize at the Islamic centers or at the masajid um, mass iftar as we would know it we pots of food get cooked and um, all preparation gets done and mats get laid out for the entire village to attend now you can imagine the excitement that there is on a daily basis for a whole community to come together to have iftar together I mean, I think I, it's something I would wish for. Wouldn't it be nice for all us Kiptonians to come to a field around a mosque and we do all the the whole night, the eating, the salah, the uh, dua, the lecture, the everything together and it's mother, father, children, grandmother, grandfather, everybody. Just imagine um, that barakah, subhanallah. Yes, subhanallah. <laughs> and this is how also people love to be Muslim. Those who are not Muslim, they see this and they wish to be part of it. I can assure you that many of the children who attend the iftar, many of them are from non-Muslim homes perhaps, but they are welcome because this exposure gives them a love for, Muslim, for Islam and um, they make salah with, with, while they are not Muslim, but they come to make salah because they're seeing their fellow um, friends making the salah together and they enjoy and they are happy and the atmosphere is Absolutely fabulous. I think if there's any other atmosphere like this atmosphere, it's the atmosphere in Makkah at, at, at third time. So um, that is quite a comparison. But really, it's a very, very beautiful and spiritual atmosphere. Malawi seems to be your soft spot here as well. And I think you need to speak to our listeners and sponsors and donors on how to do that, especially for Malawi. Well, uh, the usual um please if you would um you know don't ever undermine whatever little bit you have um and uh, you know i think we need to get out of our shell of what we um traditionally like to give for sadaka and and we, we need to think broader than than just our own cultural norms mm. um uh, I think it would be good if people do respond to the appeals of organizations like African Muslims Agency because they are so exposed to the field and they go further than we can reach as a, as a community in Cape Town and in South Africa. They go much further than that and they can see the dire need of, of other communities. Um, and they are at and very easy um, by contributing towards them you can reach those four communities very easily and simply and um, they facilitate all of this by having so many people on the ground and uh, you know implementing this good work Alhamdulillah. we have about nine minutes to wrap this and I know that is so much to say as well uh, but we will we'll hold some over for next week inshallah but first up sister Farah just to speak about you know um, we heard sister Shah mentioning Malawi and touch on you know feeding a village which is so important please stress that 
Absolutely. Um, so, of course, we'd all, you know, after listening to these heartwarming stories from um, from Sister Shiham, I think we'd all want to be part of this, you know, giving back and contributing to these villages and to these amazing people out there. So, and how, how we can do this is by, of course, sponsoring towards our feeding campaign, Feed a Village campaign in Malawi and Mozambique at the cost of 3,500, which feeds a village of 500 people for suhood and iftar a day. So it's 3,500 a day, but it's two meals, suhood and iftar, and it's for 500 people, subhanAllah. So I'd really, really, really like to encourage our listeners and donors out there to, to think about how many people, an entire village, entire community that you will be benefiting, that you will be feeding and making a difference out there, inshallah. And um, so yes, inshallah. And, and of course, once again, just to, to, to emphasize on our local initiatives, like I mentioned earlier, yes. we have our Feed a Family uh, campaign for 750 and as well as our suhoor and iftar boxes for 60 rand a person f- um, a d- f- a per day. Per person. Okay, so there's also the Malawi Mozambique Feeder Village campaign um, at the Masajid, which is 3,500, but then there's also the um, the sponsoring the water well. Um, tell us about that too. Yes, absolutely. You know, it's, it's just so amazing how this starts, uh, you know, out there in Malawi in, in Mozambique. It just starts with one donor uh, contributing towards a water well for 12,000, and the next donor coming up and saying we'd like to build a massage there and then the often Ramadan and other times of the year we have our feeding that takes place so it's just one one project leads to the other and you're helping an entire community entire village in so many different ways subhanallah so yes of course there's a great need for for clean drinkable water in these areas um, you know we we can feel the the the, the crisis here in Cape Town at the moment with the, with the water situation but at least alhamdulillah we have water coming through our taps water that we can drink whereas these people in these villages have no water no access to clean water where these kids little girls as young as five and six years old that goes out in search of water several times a day and brings that home for their family so they could provide for their family subhanallah and i think like this is clearly there's clearly a great need of for water wells and boreholes in these areas so we'd always encourage our donors to please contribute and you know also not only will you be benefiting so many entire village but also the reward that you will be receiving from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala subhanallah so taking action is important here and we Absolutely. know that you've had your pledge line friday past but for those who missed that they need to contact the offices if they still wish to contribute it's still the month of ramadan your uh, donation is so important still definitely definitely we'd love to for those who have alhamdulillah the pledge line went very well it was very successful but we definitely like to encourage our listeners and donors to please contact us and come visit us at our offices and also to view the footage we have all the footage recent um, footage of the feeding that's taking place in Malawi and Mozambique as well as our local initiatives to come through to our offices and view all of this footage that we have and just to see and get a true understanding of what is going on on the ground in these areas inshallah we'll share the information with you a little bit later listeners but Father, just looking at, you know, when the 11th day of Ramadan, subhanAllah, so the first 10 days has passed already. That was the 10 days of Allah's mercy, subhanAllah. Now we're coming into the 10 days of Maghfira. Any, you know, short nasiha you want to share with our listeners as well, inshallah? Absolutely. You know, it being the sec- second 10 days of Ramadan, days of forgiveness, we should all really strive to earn Allah's forgiveness and purify ourselves through charity. Just giving abundance of charity out there, inshallah. And this is a, is a way of purifying, you know, paying 
paying you zakah, um, feeding the poor, fee, um, providing for those who are least fortunate and those who are in need, inshallah. And, you know, of course, like uh, Nabi Muhammad sallallahu yes, alayhi wa said, that the believer's shade on the day of resurrection will be his charity. So what better time is there than, to, than, than the month of Ramadan? SubhanAllah, we, our deeds are multiplied. So just open your hearts and give in abundance. And, you know, our director always reminds us there is no such thing as global financial crisis in Allah's court. Allah, Allah gives without limitation. You know, Allah provides. So, likewise, in this blessed and auspicious month, let us earn Allah's forgiveness. Let us purify ourselves and just give and reach out to those in need. Inshallah. Inshallah. Um, Sister Sham, some last words from you as well. Inshallah. Yes, I would just like to also back up exactly what, um, mashallah, Farah has put so beautifully. And, uh, you know, we are, as what she mentioned, we are going through our water crisis and it's getting worse before, inshallah, may Allah open the way. We've just Amen. recently had us a little istiskar. But I would also like to appeal to our listeners that, um, you know, we are going through water crisis. It's not yet a crisis for us. We still can open our taps and we have water in it. Imagine mm. if you were sitting, you were living where we are now in the studio and you have to walk down to Big River with a bucket five, six times a day to go and collect water. And that's the water for your drinking, for your uh, cooking, for your bathing, for, your, uh, for everything. Um, that is what people live on a daily basis in places like Malawi and Mozambique. And now that we are, that Allah is testing us with water shortage, uh-huh. how do you think Allah will, will respond to the one who is going through water shortage and is, and is contributing and is giving his sadaqah Subhan to another Allah. community yes. who doesn't have water? Surely Allah will open the way. Mm-hmm. for us going through difficulties. So I think actually this is a very, very opportune time for Capetonians especially to donate towards water wells and boreholes for those who are in need in appreciation of what we have had and asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also to open the way for us and to open mm-hmm. the skies for us that we will replenish our dams. Amen, amen, inshallah. Sister just fine then. I see that people are already asking what is the um, account number for African Muslim <laughs> Muslims Agency. So that is the details you need to share with our listeners as well. How to, you know, how to go about donating. Okay, absolutely. So of course they could um, visit our website www.africamuslimsagency.co.za they could d- donate online. But we'd also love to encourage our, our listeners and donors to visit us at our offices on 22 Belgravia Road um, in Athlone, inshallah, and also they could call our office on 021-699-0545 or 021-699-0159 and could f- they could phone us and um, of course we could give them our banking details and yes, and they could definitely come into our offices, inshallah. And that's number 22, you say? 22 Belgravia Road Okay. and that's in Belgravia. And that numbers once again, listeners zero two one six double nine zero five four five. And I could also leave the listeners with an email address, which is Cape Town at Africa Muslims Agency to both Farah and also to your sister Shyam, a big shukran for being in studio with us this morning for once again replenishing, you know, and, and, and rejuvenating the fact that African Muslims Agency is doing such a great job, alhamdulillah, and uh, providing that opportunity for our listeners, you know, to sponsor. And I think this is the month where people say, I need to cleanse my money, I need to cleanse myself yes. spiritually, subhanAllah. And this is once again that opportunity being provided for all of us. Shukran so much, all the success, and keep on doing the great work, inshallah, Ameen, at African inshallah. Muslims Agency. 